Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range, or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double breasted black blazer from a new to me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for, but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we hop into today's episode, I just wanted to say a really quick thank you. Thank you so much for responding to my call to leave ratings and reviews on iTunes and Apple Podcasts in honor of my birthday month, which I still seem, well, I feel really dumb to ask you that, but you have delivered. They've been coming in like they never have before, and I'm so touched by that, and I'm glad I asked for it. And remember, I'm giving back to you too. So each week, I'm gifting one review that was left that week, and at the end of the month, I'm doing a huge gift, and I'll select from any review left throughout the entire month of June. Again, I'm just really grateful for all of those of you who have, so thank you. You are listening to About Progress. This is episode 179, Connect to Your Own Creativity Story with Heidi Swap. Welcome to About Progress. I am your host, Monica Packer, and I am here to guide you toward living the life you want. Each week, you'll hear interviews and teachings on how to balance self-development with self-acceptance. Listen in and join our community that knows life is about progress, not perfection. In March, I went to a retreat for businesswomen that are also moms, and it was hosted by the Mama Ladder. Krista Lee Beck has been on my show several times, and it was incredible, but the last day really took the cake because of one big reason, Heidi Swap. 
Heidi was our final keynote speaker and she blew us all away. Not only because that woman, she just has heart and a sense of humor and relatability to boot, but she equipped us with this power we didn't even know we needed to own our own right to create and that we all have a creativity story where we learn to embrace this right. That wasn't the title of her presentation, but it screamed out to me while I was listening. And you know why? (laughs) It's because I was planning June's theme on creativity. So I basically stalked Heidi like I've never stalked a guest before, and I begged her to come onto my show to explore creativity more in terms of a creativity story. And she has so generously done this for us, and she recorded after a very long day of hosting her own workshops with so much class and take it from another workshop host. That is not easy to do. So Heidi must really believe in this community and believe in our need to hear this message. Today, we are going to chat all about how you have a story and it's a creativity story. You have a relationship with creativity and this relationship is a reflection of how you relate to yourself or how you were taught to relate to yourself. Something surprising about Heidi is she makes her living off of creativity. She was a big time scrapbooker and still is. She revolutionized the business and continues to do so. But Heidi didn't identify herself as creative for a long time because growing up, she wasn't allowed to be creative. And she'll explain why in this interview. We want you to leave this episode knowing that you have permission to become a creative person. And I am going to emphasize the word there, become. And you can do that by making sense of your own creativity story. Part of Heidi's story includes her son, Corey. If you follow her at all, you know that almost four years ago, Corey chose to end his life. And Heidi talks about Corey often, and she has her own podcast with his old therapist, David, called Light the Fight. And I adore it. And outside of the interview, I asked her to tell me more about how they started this podcast. And I decided to leave that as an excerpt at the end of the episode because I think it is so important for you to hear their message. So stay tuned to after the interview closes and that excerpt will be there for you. You are going to love Heidi, her own creativity story, and how she's going to help you think about your own and how to become that creative person you wanted to be. Um, I'm a mom. I have I have five children, and um, I'm also a creative, mm-hmm. and um, I have my own line of creative products, and so um, that keeps me pretty busy. So I'm also a a business owner um, slash brand owner between like being the mom and, and having a full-time business that keeps me super busy. Yeah. I'm the breadwinner in, in our family. I'm the one that goes to the job and my husband um, is very supportive and backs me up and um, helps to manage the household issues um, and so he, he really helps me, um, in brainstorming and listening. He's very creative and problem solving and, um, we'll be celebrating 25 years of marriage this wow. coming December. We've been together for a long time. So yes. he's a, you know, he's a big part of everything that I do. And, um, uh, okay. So I live in Utah. 
I've kind of, we've lived all over. We've lived in Utah and Arizona. We've lived in Canada. We've lived in China. Wow. Um, and, you know, if I were to describe me, I would say I'm just like totally non-routine. I'm spontaneous. I'm not organized. Um, but I don't like to, I, I don't like to let one second go to waste. So mm-hmm. I'm always, <laughs> I'm always just making the most out of, out of every day. Definitely. I got to hear more firsthand on, on a retreat that we, that I was at. And a big part right. of your message was this undercurrent message of sharing stories, our own stories. And what I was hoping we could hear from you is your own, own cre- creativity story, because that seems to be such a big part of who you are now, but also um, I want, you know, how you became that person. This you, you called yourself in the beginning a creative. So let's start back a little bit more at the beginning here for, for, for you and your creativity story. Did you always identify as a quote unquote creative or is this something that you had to develop your own story and grow into? <laughs> this is a really, this is a really interesting part of my story because the answer is a big fat no. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I didn't so surprising. feel, I actually didn't feel allowed to be creative. Mm-hmm. Um, and so growing up, my, my grandfather was a professional artist and for whatever, for, for whatever reason, my dad was really resentful of that. Um, my dad felt like I need, I needed to have a skill that was marketable and art was not that. Mm-hmm. In fact, I was really directed away from anything art. I was told not to take art classes, that we don't have time for that. And I was very much um, led to a, a skill. A, and um, at that time, all growing up, I really wanted to go into the medical field. So I started to... Um, to realize that I had, um, I had really kind of creative, a creative pull. And, um, it really started to kick in when I became a mom. Um, now out, outside of that kind of creative pull, scrapbooking was a really big part of my family. Um, so everybody had scrapbooks and everybody scrapbooked. And so there were scrapbooks on my mom's side of the family, scrapbooks on my dad's side of the family. There were scrapbooks about me when I was little. When I was 12 years old, my, I have a little brother who passed away when he was six. Mm-hmm. And part of our family healing, my mom healing, was scrapbooking my brother's life. And so I, like, scrapbooking was just it just was what we did. It wasn't even considered creative. It wasn't considered unusual or artistic. It just is what we did. Mm-hmm. And so even when I was a teenager and first married, I scrapbooked everything and I loved yeah. it. It was just my, it was just my little hobby of what I did. And I didn't, you know, this was before there was actually products for scrapbooking. It was just really, I mean, hilarious when you look at my old scrapbook but 
Um, but when my kids started coming, I started to take photography classes and discovering creative products. And I just was obsessed. I loved it. And it became my social outlet. So I would get together with other moms. We would stay up all night scrapbooking, you know, the story. And it sort of started to take over my life. I got invited to teach classes. I got invited to write articles for magazines. I won a contest. I got invited to be an author for a book for scrapbooking. And then um, around 2000, I got invited I got asked to come and be a product designer and creative director for a scrapbooking company. And seriously, I didn't even know what that meant. <laughs> so, so I didn't have any skills. I didn't have any training. I just liked to do it. And I, um, I was an, kind of an outside the box thinker naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just was given these opportunities to, share my ideas and it was at a time where scrapbooking was growing so fast all I had to do was save the ideas and poof like we would make them happen and when blogging happened my creativity really started to um to blossom and really creativity for me um I I I just my joy in the creativity comes in sharing my ideas. So when a good idea comes, I just can't wait to share it. Yeah. And so um, that's always really fueled. And, and so like then all of a sudden down the road, here I was traveling all over the world, teaching scrapbooking classes that, um, that were very much like, Yes, hands-on, but also this inspirational, like, you guys, your stories matter. Mm-hmm. And take the time to do this and and think about it. And um, really teaching how important our stories are. And I started to just be able to teach this um, concept and people were connecting with me and my story. And so when I would share on my blog or in a magazine or in a book, when I would share my stories, people would connect and they would feel like they knew me. And um, it was it was so unexpected and especially for in my in my marriage, like at that time, my husband had a regular job and he was running his family business and he was kind of expecting we were both expecting that he was gonna run his company and do his job and I was gonna take care of the house and the kids and then I just kept getting these opportunities that I was excited about and I didn't want to turn away and I was curious about and he saw that it made me light up and how my talent was kind of evolving and and he also didn't want to stifle that but it became really hard to have little kids and I'm traveling to Australia and he's trying to take care of little kids and work Mm -hmm. and um and there really became a time in our marriage that 
we didn't know how how, how to make it work, and, yeah. and it was hard mm-hmm. for me to kind of follow this creative push and the opportunities and him to kind of fulfill what he felt like was his responsibility and also his passion. And, um, it, it was, it was a challenge and, um, it, it caused, it it took us to kind of, it, it, it pushed us to the very like, Mm -hmm. um, thinnest part of our relationship, wondering if, if we could, if we could coexist and, and, um, and then we, once we kind of got to that really far push where we're looking at each other, asking if, you know, what was more important and did we have to choose? And, um, I wasn't who he thought he was marrying anymore. Mm -hmm. And, um, I didn't, know I had these talents and yeah. desires and um and when we got to kind of that breaking point when we had to have like that hard discussion like are we going to stick together are we going to make this work I remember us both choosing to say yeah mm-hmm. we're wow. gonna we're gonna choose to stay and mm-hmm. it has been like both of us sacrificing working together figuring it out every single day but I think what what's really interesting and I think the creative piece of this is that we couldn't just do it how we thought it was prescribed yeah we had to look at this and say what is best for our family and Mm -hmm. what is best for me individually and what is best for you individually and how can we make this work I'm so I will say that I'm so thankful that I allowed myself to explore my talents a Mm -hmm. little bit because there was just a lot of stuff there that I that as a newlywed or as a 25 year old another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You know, I often speak about how women must do habits differently. And one of the biggest reasons why is simply biology. In other words, hormones. Our hormones are a real factor to how we feel physically, mentally, and emotionally, and they constantly change day to day and year to year as we age. My friends warned me that the hormone roller coaster gets harder as we get older, and they were right. From worse PMS to more aggravating period symptoms to all the things that come with perimenopause and menopause. If you're wanting help with that hormone roller coaster, I want you to check out today's sponsor, Happy Mammoth, and their supplement, Hormone Harmony, a bottle of which is sold every 24 seconds with over 17,000 reviews. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. And here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like the chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. 
Hormone Harmony isn't just for menopause. Any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take it, but it's perfect for those horrible perimenopause and menopause symptoms that put a woman's life on hold, like hot flashes and night sweats, racing thoughts and low moods, poor sleep and feeling tired all the time, occasional bloating and gas, and so much more. Yeah, Hormone Harmony can help with all of those things. If you want to feel more like yourself, make sure you go to Happy Mammoth and find Hormone Harmony. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code PROGRESS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code PROGRESS for 15% off today. Newly married woman, I had no idea existed. You know, I'm thinking about my listeners who are probably in that space now, or maybe they're in that blossoming phase that you're talking about, where it's both this awakening of recognizing this half of yourself that was untapped and waiting to be explored and to blossom, like you said. Um, And then there's this other half of the equation where it's not what you expected or not what your spouse or your family expected. And it's difficult too in its own right. And what I've learned from you, Heidi, is we each have our own creativity story, our story of our own uh, awakening to our own ability to create. For those people who are in that space, what would you say you wish you had known then? I think the most important thing is that you don't have to do it like anybody else. You Mm -hmm. don't have to do life like anybody else. And I think that we kind of look around maybe at our family, maybe how we were raised, or we look at maybe somebody that we admire or maybe somebody who is a leader in our life for one reason or another. And we pattern our lives, right? And we think, okay, well, they do this type of vacation, so that's what we're going to do. Or... Um, they've had this many kids. This kind of this, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And and it's easier to follow a pattern. In fact, mm-hmm. our brains love patterns because we don't have to think and we don't have to put energy out there, right? But it's so okay to to do it differently mm-hmm. and to do what works for you and to allow yourself to kind of envision a different path. And and I'll use one example that, that this was kind of an, an eye-opening experience for me. And um, when my son passed away, I, um, I just, I felt completely like annihilated. Mm-hmm. And I had to, um, we had to plan a funeral. And this was like my worst nightmare ever. The situation, I couldn't imagine it be any worse. Mm -hmm. And so when I started to have to think about the funeral, they started to show me like, okay, so here's a couple choices for the program. And here's your choices for the casket. And here's your choices for the headstone. And this is, here's a, here's an outline of a typical funeral. And this is normally, here's the check boxes. 
And I looked at it, and I hated every ounce of it. I hated everything about it. And I didn't want to check those boxes. And I hated the programs. And I hated the caskets. And I hated the outline. And I hated the gravestone. Like, I hated everything. And mm-hmm. and I had, like, I had nothing in me to, to give. Like, I was, I was so sad. And I was so heartbroken. But I was not going to follow some rutted out funeral path. Mm-hmm. And so hmm. I found... I don't know how I did it. I will tell you that. I don't know how I did it. But I found a little creative spot inside myself. And I came up with my own program. And I designed it how I wanted it. And I dressed Corey how I knew he would want to be dressed. And I decorated the room where we were doing the viewing in his animal shirts. And I... And I invited the people who were coming to write notes on his casket. And I I invited people to wear vans and animal shirts to the viewing. And I did not fo- follow one criteria. And my parents were like so annoyed that I was not just picking a headstone right there mm-hmm. on the spot. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't checking all the boxes. And some of the people at the funeral home, they were like, mm-hmm. well, no, let's just go ahead. Let's just look through this catalog. And I was like, no. And it took me three years to figure out what I wanted that headstone to look like. And I remember, even though that day was awful, everything was awful about it. I had so much satisfaction that I did it my way. Mm -hmm. And I just, I love to give permission to everybody to just do it their way. And that, that goes for inside your house. It goes for your bedtime routine. You know, you don't have to do it anybody else's way but but your own and and at first I man when I was younger I had all this guilt because I wasn't doing it like my mom Mm -hmm. and she was annoyed at me because she was like Heidi you got to give baths and then bed and then you know like and I and I just couldn't follow her routine and um that made me who I was. And I think that it doesn't matter if it's cooking or cleaning or how you're connecting with friends or celebrating holidays. I think it's totally fine if you're following traditions and following patterns. And if that feels great and that fulfills you, awesome. But if it doesn't, there's no right or wrong way have Christmas morning, you you know, and Mm -hmm. yeah, and I think that there's so much joy in just letting your ideas come to life. So much joy, Mm -hmm. even in a funeral. Yeah. 
Well, as you were describing that scene, what I see is a woman who is trying to give a gift to her child to really honor him. Yeah, in a very personalized way that only a mom could who really knew that child. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm sure some people could see that as not an not an excuse to talk about creativity it's it's not that it's a deeper it's this is a deeper well of love and in giving what, that to him that's yeah. what your creativity is mm-hmm. your creativity is your gift to your people mhm and your gift to this world and um I talk to lots of people who say, I'm just not creative. Yeah. And, and, you know, I will tell you right now, I don't, I don't, you'll notice I said I was a creative, but I do not consider myself an artist Mm -hmm. because I cannot draw, like, I cannot draw, I cannot paint, I cannot, like, to me, like, that is an artist. And so I have told myself my entire life that I wasn't an artist. But, but the reality is you don't have to be, you don't have to be an artist to be creative and you don't have to be creative to be an artist. You don't have to be creative to express yourself. Yeah. And it's just so empowering when you'll allow that to happen. So many people are afraid it's not going to be good enough. It's not going to come out how they want. It come out kind of messy. It might come out, um, awkward and you might not even like it when it comes out and <laughs> a story in my life um, yeah. <laughs> I think that I feel the most fulfillment when I'm being creative when I'm using that little that little imagination piece in my brain where I'm envisioning things and thinking outside the box rather than trying to think well, what would that person do? Or maybe mm-hmm. I should do it like that. Um, and another and think, thing, oh, I was going to say, Heidi, I think a thing that holds a lot of people back is what am I supposed to do? Sure. Sure. You know, I mean, may, maybe based on the way of other people live, but also more of this like divine, what am I meant to do, supposed to do? But they're just hijacking <laughs> what they can actually do if they think outside the box. That's the phrase that keeps coming up in our conversation tonight. It's think outside the box for your life. Well, and like I said, it it is easier to just to mm-hmm. just kind of follow the crowd and there's areas in my life that I feel very very non-creative. So, food. And the most 1000% non-creative food person ever. <laughs> it's like I a relief to hear that. I mean, there's a balance to this, right? I don't I don't love food. I don't get excited about food. And so I don't put any creativity into food. I make like five things. And you know, and I'm and, yep. and I'm happy And when, you're surviving. And, yep. <laughs> um And so I don't think that the creativity is going to manifest for everybody in the same way. Mm-hmm. But everybody will have a way that they're creative. Hmm. 
And so, and and I think that that's good. How how did you end up deciding then that you were officially a creative? Was there a moment where that that identity and you merged together? You know, I think that um, it took me a good long time because I got really um, wrapped up into comparing myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is going to sound so stupid, and but this is real. Like, and you're you're younger than me, but when I was when I was your age, I hate saying that because it makes me sound so <laughs> old. But okay, so That's I'm okay. 47. Yeah, I'm when like mid 30s. 30, so mm-hmm. I was 30 years old. Um, this was kind of when Martha Stewart magazine started to hit, and I was obsessed. And I, lo- I mean, high levels of obsessed with Martha Stewart magazine. Yes, and I worshipped it. Uh-huh. I loved it, and um. To the point that it started to make me feel, started to make me hate because I couldn't do it that good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I felt like I was not creative. I wasn't good enough because it didn't look like it did in the magazine. I couldn't make it look like that with my crappy silverware or my crappy kitchen counter, counter or mm-hmm. what, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it was. And, um, me, Martha was the, like, that was the benchmark that was creative. If I was her, then I was creative and nothing um, less. Right. Right. And so it took me a really, took me a really long time to accept my own offering. Um, I got an opportunity to go be on the Martha Stewart show with my team. And we got there and Martha Stewart was in prison. (laughs) And so we didn't get to meet her. Okay. And, um, they took us all through the studios. We got to see all the creative places. We got to meet all the people that made Martha Stewart magazine happen. Uh-huh. all the different like prop rooms and I mean it was amazing my mind was blown I wanted to like quit my entire life and get hired um I think I finally realized that that it that I wasn't going to be equal to 500 people yes that were working there to make it happen <laughs> yep you're on your way and um and when we got there, they were really interested, like the people who worked there were really interested in us and what we were showing them and um, asking us all kinds of questions and being excited about what we were showing them. It was so important not to compare yourself with other people's outcome and com- and instead get to know their stories and get to know those yeah. people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... And then thrive in the connection with those mm-hmm. creative people and other creative people. It's so easy and it's only gotten easier. I don't care who, who you sit down with, you know, you'll find out that they haven't cleaned their toilets in three weeks or yeah. three months or 
Yes. You know, Everyone's got problems. One yes. of the hardest things for me, and this and this will sound silly too, people used to always say to me, oh, I bet your house is so cute. I bet you decorate your house so cute. Because they knew, like, they looked at my scrapbook pages or my, my um, creative projects, and they'd be like, oh, that translates to this beautifully decorated house. And um, spoiler alert, I'm not a, a home decorator. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. not my gig. Uh-huh. And so then I would feel so much shame because of what I was afraid they were thinking that my house looked like, but I knew that it wasn't. And I was on like wading waist deep in me just feeling like I wasn't measuring up people's expectations. And so, you know what I did is I just started to get really real. Yeah. Because I couldn't carry the weight of people's expectations. Hmm. It was easier for me just to say, this is the real me. And look at how messy and how small and how disorganized my epigram is. So stop imagining that I've got this fantastic, magical fairyland of a scrapbook room. It's just as small and cramped and messy as yours. Yeah. (laughs) And that's just just the reality. So for people who are trying to think outside the box for their life and their lives and their own creativity, I just want you to end with this uh, final question. Why is it all worth it? Why is it worth doing all of those things? Thinking outside the box, seeking ideas, sharing them, looking for things that light you up and connecting. Why is it all worth it? Honestly, I think that's the only place you get filled up. Mm-hmm. We, we all, <laughs> we all fill the voids, right? The emptiness. Mm-hmm. And and it it could be like a little bit of loneliness because we're kind of like craving adult interaction or real friendships or um or just needing a break or or whatever like every human everybody out there has a void a little emptiness that that needs to be refilled it's a consumable right i get real focused on on a certain achievements and I always think that an achievement is going to fill that void. But I'm here to tell you that even when there's money and a vacation and clothes and whatever else you're trying to fill that with, nothing is going to fill it like connection. Like really connecting with somebody and that comes in sharing and in being real and in not feeling like you're alone and helping somebody where they need help. That's the only thing that fills the void. And so great vacations are fun and new outfits are great. And and I love all those things. But we have to be really honest with ourselves that true connection is the only thing that fills that void. And that connection needs to be first with ourselves. I think it needs to be with our creator. It needs to be with our partner and our family. And then it can be with our, our community. 
whether that's a real life community or an online community. But connection is everything. And the only way that happens, the only way that happens is through that vulnerability. Realizing that you need that you need it and being willing to be open enough to give it and receive it. I think that is definitely a, another way to define creativity. It's vulnerability. And you've done that yes. for us today. Yeah, Heidi, you you do this all day, every day, it seems like from my point of view. But I want to thank you <laughs> for doing that so we can learn from you and join in with you on that path to really trying to connect deeply with who we really are and in turn share that with others so that we help each other and that we're connected in true Absolutely. ways that are going to make a difference. So I just want to, again, thank you for your vulnerability and you putting yourself out there and you staying up late and editing and doing the things you do because (laughs) you, you you constantly reminding women how, what, what gems they are and they don't have to be perfect. And it's not, you know, (laughs) you, your message is powerful. And so I want to thank you for being one of the voices that just uplifts and inspires. Thank you, Heidi. Oh my goodness. I have to write that one in my journal tonight. Thank you so much. I appreciate (laughs) it. You are so welcome. Thank you for having me. I am so glad you listened to get the hug and kick in the pants you needed to grow. Let's take your learning to the next level. Print off this month's progress plan that is free by going to my website about progress.com slash free. Also join our free and private Facebook group called a work in progress via the link in my show notes, which you can also find on my website about progress.com. And best of all, be heard on this show. Be featured on the last episode of each month that is called Dear Progressor, where our listeners really, really shine. To learn how to do this, go to aboutprogress.com slash be on the show. You do have something of great value to share with this community, and we all need to hear you. Thank you so much for being here. And remember, life is about progress, not perfection. In 2015, uh, we lost our second oldest son, um, who at the time was 16, yeah. and he um, he made the decision to end his life. He mm-hmm. took his own life, and um, as you can imagine, uh, that was very devastating for our family. Mm-hmm. And um, as a mom, it just it just pulled. Um, I mean, I won't even say I pulled the rug out. It it just kind of brought down my whole belief system of who I was and um so when that when that happened, I still had four kids that I needed to care for and I still had a marriage and I still had a business that I needed to provide for my family. But I was not okay. And um the problem with suicide is that it just it just creates a million questions. And I, I was, uh, I, I started to really delve into trying to figure out what I had done wrong, really, as a, as a mom. And, um, Corey had a therapist when that, that was working with him before he passed away. 
And this therapist became kind of a family coach for us and for me. David had never actually lost one of his clients or um, Mm -hmm. he'd actually never lost anybody that he was counseling to suicide. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and it shook him to the core. Mm -hmm. Um, And together we kind of realized that um, our community specifically here in Utah has a very, has the highest um, youth suicide rate in the, in the world actually. Mm. Um, And suicide rates um, are growing all the time, actually everywhere. But we felt really, well, it took me, it took three, well, it took two and a half years before I kind of made the decision that I needed to take what I learned and what people were sharing with me and, and the way I was seeing this situation and I needed to talk about it. And um, so he and I um, talked about what we could do for about a year. And we tried a couple things, but it was just really hard for me to even articulate any of my feelings. And so um, it was almost a year ago, just a little bit over a year ago, that we pressed record on our first episode um, of, and it's called Light the Fight podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, if you, you know, and I, and I tell people to start from the beginning and start listening, even though it's really hard to listen to in the beginning. Because in the beginning, I just, it was hard for me to find my words. Yeah. And I was emotional. It's raw. And very, it, it's happening in real for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've learned, number one, the greatest thing that I've learned about that podcast was that talking about it is healing. Even if you don't know the answers, talking about it is healing. And learning learning how to talk about it gave me vocabulary that I needed to express the things that I was feeling. And that's one of the biggest challenges that we have in mental health and mental health awareness is that we all kind of lack the vocabulary. We don't know how to talk about it. Um, and so I, like... With a, with a little over a year under my belt and about 60 or so episodes, I, I can say certain words without completely falling apart. Yeah. I have, I have um, learned how to share my story. Um, so, so you have me and David. So he's this professional. And I am the mom who freaks out. And I'm very honest about it. And um, sometimes when we listen to a professional just talking, it can make us feel a little defensive or we can't relate to the professional because we don't feel like the professional. And so in our podcast, I kind of represent the mom who is freaking out, who's mad, who doesn't understand, who is frustrated and trying and I feel like parents can really relate to me and then it makes it a little bit easier to learn from David. Yes. 
Oh, I think that's the perfect way to describe it. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.